This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. This is the uh, Boundary Park Alert System. This is a first, Andy. Yeah. We've never recorded in the manager's office before. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, considering we were banned from uh, this stand uh, a couple of years ago, really? things have come a long way. Indeed. Let's just say we are delighted to be sat in the office of Autumn Athletic First Team Manager, Mr. David Unsworth. Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. How are you Hello doing? Guys. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, we see each we see you know we see each other in there. Last time we saw you was at the end of season yeah. party that we had. Um, yeah. There was an inflatable rhino. <laughs> uh, there was I actually a- said to the lad the other week when we had the, one of the um, we had the the business meeting, and was it the business meeting? I yeah, think it yeah, was the business yeah, yeah, meeting. Yeah. And he was there, and he was like, "Oh, I spent a fortune on that." I said, "Right, I'll do I'll do you a favor. I'll, I'll do you a deal." We get promoted. I'll wear that <laughs> the promotion party with absolute pleasure. So you know, there we go. I've set myself up now, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Well, everyone's listening, and I've just said it on the podcast yeah, now. Yeah. So they, yeah. But that was the thing. Like at the end of last season, we felt like we had something to celebrate, didn't we, Andy? We had like we felt like we had some some optimism. Yeah. That everything was different. Fast forwarded from 12, uh, 12 months. You know, it was. Well, such you got a your club back, didn't you? Yeah. The Oldham fans got the club back, yeah. and. Um, I, you know, I, I could see it, I can hear it, um, and it, it's nice to be part of it. It's amazing to be part of it. Um, not just, forget the football side of it for one second, yeah. but to be part of, you know, what's gone on, and then and rebuild it, um, and rebuild it as well as we are doing and have done already. It's an absolute privilege, it really is. So what? So what has the summer been? So your first summer, where you've got the opportunity to. You know, lay down how you want it to work. The opportunity to recruit the type of players you want. What, what's the summer been like in terms of? Has it been more difficult than you expected? What's your work-life balance been like? Like we've, you know, we, we've been sat here just setting up, watching you, you know, chatting away on the phone. It looks like you're at it all day, all day and night. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't stop. Work-life balance. Well, the, what's the wife say? The, 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 there is none. <laughs> Even you know, went on holiday for ten days and I was on the phone. I would, I would say the phone never left my side um, whilst I was going to the bar. So, um, <laughs> and even then, I was still taking calls at the bar one day. But no, it, it's it's part of the job. It's yeah. part of you don't want to miss a call. You don't want to miss a call from you know your recruitment department. You don't want to miss a call from Darren about what's going on. You know, so we all had individual holidays. Um, you know, so I went away for ten days. Darren went away, and Steve went away, and so um, there's always somebody holding the fort and, and sort of, you know, um, conducting the yeah. orchestra really, um, and, and being on your phone. It doesn't matter where you are, does it these days? So it was. It's been non-stop. It's probably been busier uh, in pre-season in summer than it's ever been. So it is as much as it's hard, obviously hard work. Is it enjoyable? Like, oh you know? God, yeah. It, it, it's it's enjoyable because. You're building a football club. So what we've just said about building, you know, getting you know the fans getting the club back, you being back invited, um, yeah. you know, even something as uh, what you've just said. Then you're allowed back in to the manager's office or the stand. I mean, 
They're words that I don't understand. L- last time I came yeah. in here, Paul Dickov was manager. Right. And, 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 and I've been back in since because... And how many managers we had since well, then? Oh, yeah. Come it's ridiculous. It's absolutely Into context, I mean, like, when we came, dropped our stuff off, you had a few calls to make. Yeah. We'd already been invited for lunch, so we went in to the players' lounge, playing pool, all eating, yeah. dead relaxed atmosphere. The new lads, you asked uh, Dan Ward how he's settling in. He said, great. Yeah. The atmosphere around the place, looking out the window of the, the ground, the pitch. It's just in, in 12 months, this club has yeah. stepped up hugely. And that is tremendously exciting from our point of view because 12 months is a very short amount of time, isn't it? it, it yeah, it is. It's, it's a very, very short amount of time from the first day I walked into this office and looked at the squad looked at where we lived, how we lived, where we trained, um, how we trained. It was, it is, it's, it's, it's come a long, long way. It, 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 it was, it was embarrassing really. There's so. been a lot of conversation amongst the fans and we, because we've been, we were always like, we've had our Zen t-shirts with the Rhino on and like, look, it's going to take time. I've, I was saying to people last season, the players that we signed last season were the players to keep us in the division, not to get us promoted. This season, is it fair to say that the players that we brought in have been brought in with an eye on getting out of this division? They're, they're a step up from... Spot on. Yeah, I, and I, I'm not going to lie to... I've never lied to any fan. I've no, I'm not going to start doing that now. Um, the way you sum it up is exactly how it was. Um, we had to stop ourselves from falling again last year. Um, the place was in a mess, and a, and a complete mess when I came in. Um, purely from a footballing point of view. I've obviously got involved in all the infrastructure with, with Darren and and the board um, of, of making it better uh, in every area, um, you know. But the fans, uh, I, I said, not bothered about that. Of course, they're bothered, but and it's really important. But you only see what what goes on on the pitch for ninety minutes every week. So that's you know, it was really important for me to start building that infrastructure as well. Um, well, let's, let, let's talk about a bit of that infrastructure. So um, when we interviewed Darren last November, he, he he was explaining to us how you've got the coaching staff, you've got the scouting staff, so the head recruitment, Steve, and the stats department. So there was an analyst uh, and, and you know, there's a couple of people in, in that department. So it, it, how many how many people constitute the scouting division? How many people we've got in the, in the analyst team now? Has that grown, or okay. you know, and, and how do the three departments work together? So when you talked about you you guys having holidays, sort of uh, you know tag team in holidays, so so there's always someone holding the fort. How do those three departments work in complement with each other? Okay, so when I came in, there was no scout. We didn't have head scout. We didn't have chief scout. We didn't have any scouts. We didn't have any analysis. Um, we had one physio and there was 30 odd players and 62%, I'll get this right, i worked it out, 62% of those players on the first day were injured. Um, we had no, uh, we didn't meet in the morning for breakfast. Um, they were given a pot of noodles, pasta um, for lunch. There was no water, no bottled water for the players or, or, or any sort of rehydration units to, you know, before training, after training. Um, what else was there not? <laughs> we, it, it was a joke. It was, you know, and it was quite worrying. Yeah. It was quite worrying. Sounds it. Um, <laughs> when you come from Everton as well. Well, it's not that. It wasn't a contrast to Hughes. It's not that because I'd, 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 
you know, I've obviously been at Everton, and but I've also been to Sheffield United, Preston in the Championship, Huddersfield when they were in the League One. So I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not elitist. No, I'm, I'm not one of those guys who, um, you know. We must be coming from a club that at Premier League level that seems like yeah. has it all I mean, or something. I mean, that our, very our under tens had it better than yeah. Oldham's first team yeah. um, at Everton. So, so that was that was a worrying um, first day. Then I looked at the squad. Then I've looked at, you know, the performances over a, a couple of weeks, first game, and it was worrying. So, you know, straight away, it, it, <laughs> I knew, you know, straight away that it was going to be a massive turnaround, a massive, massive turnaround. So then we we talk every day, myself, Darren, uh, Franny came in with me at the beginning, um, John, you know, had to work a period of notice at Everton. So it was me, Franny and Darren, really, uh, right at the beginning. And, you know, we've, I speak to Darren, I mean, I speak to him 20 times a day. We meet every day. We meet before, after, you know, as we, just about before we go home at the end of every, every working day. Must be sick of each other. Well, <laughs> no, he's a good guy to be fair. <laughs> no, so we, we we came up with a plan. So the plan was straight away. We had to get the players fit. Players weren't fit. They'd, they'd had a really poor pre-season. Not because of John Sharon, yeah, but because there was no money available yeah. for John um, to you know, sign the players that he wanted to do any work on the training ground to 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 get any. There wasn't new, a training ground. There wasn't a training ground. <laughs> it, it was just basically Little Wembley was was rubbish. Yeah. Chapel Road was just left yeah. and it was burned. The pitch like was a wheat burned. Field, it, it was ridiculous. <laughs> um, he didn't have he didn't have a fitness coach. Um, he didn't have he had one physio, um, you know, and, and God bless her. Um, she, you know, she was Claire. Uh, she's since gone off and had a baby, and you know, we're delighted with that. And she she was just pulling her hair out. It was just ridiculous. Players would play training on really rock hard pitches, getting injured. Um, it was just, it was just a disaster. Well, fast forward that to today. You, what, what have we got now? Well, we've got unbelievable playing surfaces. We've got um, a, a proper coaching team. Yeah, we've got a recruitment department that's headed up by Steve Thompson, who you know knows everybody in football. How many scouts have, has he got? So we, we, so so Steve's the head scout, yeah. and we uh, employ. On a part-time basis, game yeah. game per game, probably ten scouts. Ten, you go so off. When when around. we interviewed Darren in November, it was five. Yeah, so we've expanded. That. So players, uh, so so scouts go to games for us. Yeah, um, ad hoc some, but there's the, the core five or six, yeah. and then we have other people working for us. Yeah, um, going to games or watching teams and doing team analysis or or um, individual reports on players. So that's so we have a head analysis who now links in. With the uh, media team, with 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 the scouts, uh, with analysis as well on performance, uh, linked in with the medical team. So the medical team now, we have a fitness coach, we have two physios, uh, we have Mick Rathbone, who's head of rehabilitation, plus is very very experienced as a, in the physio world. You know what what Baz doesn't know isn't worth knowing. Um, well, I've said this coaching department. We link in now with the academy. The academy now, Paul's back. Yeah. So Paul, we've now, you know, we've now got an under eighteen coach as well as Paul. Um, so Chucks. 
Chucks, yeah. he's a great character, great guy, very popular, good coach. Um, so we meet regularly with them. So there's a feel, there's a, there's a real detailed, um, staffing structure. Uh, we regularly meet, uh, all around players, all about performance, all around, you know, how we can, you know. So, so, so how does it work? Let's, let's say, um, you know, we sign a couple of midfielders over the summer. How, how does it work? Is it you that says, right, I need a centre midfielder? Yeah. Stats department, research centre midfielders within, you know, within our, within a certain radius of, of where we are that, that would earn a certain amount of money or over a certain age. And they go and research them, come up with a list of, I'm making this up by the way, you can do well in it. It's quite good. There's, there's, there's 20, there's 20 centre midfielders we think fit the brief. Then you send the scouts out to go and watch them, you get the reports and you might get half a dozen that you then go and look at yourself and cheese. Is that how it works, or is, there a, is it working a different way? In a broad sense, you, 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 you're on the money, yeah. Uh, and obviously, you include myself, John, Franny, when he was here, as, as scouts as well, because yep. we regularly go to games. Uh, I'm never off Y Scout. We have um, an analysis tool called StatsBomb, which yep. is an unbelievable tool uh, to back up your professional eye. Um, which we, we, we use all the time. We're the only national league club yeah. that has it, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yeah. 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 So, so far. So far. So far. I'm not, whether, I'm not sure whether any, any clubs have gone down that line. I assume therefore season. it's expensive. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. It's just, it's just knowing that that was out there to, to help us and yeah. we, and they actually approached us. Yeah. Um, to, to be the first team in the National League to, to use it. So that was amazing. That was fantastic. Da- they offered it to us. Oh, I see. Yeah. I, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Da- Darren talked about it when we interviewed mm-hmm. him as, as though it was like a, a genuine point of difference. I just wondered, obviously, he comes from that background. Well, that's the, I so was he, just going to say. He, he knows that it's difference. great for me because Darren acts as a scout as well because yeah. he, he comes from, you know, the pro, the old pro zone yeah. and analytical background, which, yeah. you know, Darren loves his stats and, and so do I. Um, so, where I'm really lucky that not only have I got a CEO who, who knows football inside out, yeah. but he's also worked in the industry and he was one of the founder members of, of Prozone. So yeah. that's amazing for us. And he's, he's played a big part in the recruitment side and plays a big cut, big part alongside Steve as well. So it really is, you know, we, there's nothing ever beats your eye. So, but it also, you know, stats bomb, Y scout. I mean, we can pick up any game in the world at any time. Um, and watch individual players, watch teams, watch, watch anybody. You g- g- give us an idea of a stat that, like, because we, we we all see the stuff that really, the, I guess, is is uh, in in the public domain. Things like expected goal stats, or yeah. So what 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 are the, what are the sort of things that well, you look it, for? So it would depend on the position. Yeah. So we can actually write our own um, stats bomb sort of graph, really. Okay. So say we target a fullback. So obviously, how many crosses does he put in? Yeah. Uh, how many how many crosses does he stop? How many times does he pass over the halfway line? Does he dribble over the halfway line? And um, what's his pass completion like? Um, how many times does he win the ball at the back post? Is it defensively? Yeah. Um, how many um, opportunities does he create? How many final third entries does he get the ball in? You can basically write your own. Okay. Um, so when you're doing your analysis, you're saying we're we're not doing enough of this, we're not doing enough of that, and you're identifying the the mistakes and the missed opportunities. You're like you can literally say we need a player who's who's going to do that specific role yeah. amongst other things. Yeah, and you obviously you know you don't always use it as a negative. It can be used for yeah. for a great positive yeah. in terms of 
how many crosses do we get in? How many goal scoring opportunities do we have? Yeah. And you know, what are the positives and what we're doing well yeah. to keep doing it and enforcing those points? So it, it really is, you know, used. I mean, back in the old days, the pro zone. You know, I remember being in a room with David Moyes for two, three hours on a Friday morning, and it was just so boring. And, and <laughs> oh my god! You used to come out there and you have to train, and you're like, oh my god, this player looks world class. Who you're up against? <laughs> But now we use it as a positive tool, as a real, you know, to reinforce the players and, you know, really shape them into where we can exploit, you know, opposition weaknesses and, and individuals' uh, weaknesses as well. So we use it more as a positive than we do as a negative. One of the things that came up on Twitter was uh, last season, uh, the heat map for Lundstrom's performance for Altrincham and how much of the pitch yeah. he covered. Every and blade, wasn't it? Every, and, 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 you know, we've been crying out for that midfielder that is up and down the pitch yeah. you know, over the last couple of seasons. Well, yeah. God knows how many seasons, actually. But like last season, it was, you know, and it was, it was exciting to see how, how much how much ground he covered and, and yeah. it's obviously going to make a big difference to how you play yeah and and again that's just another tool that you can use and, and look at and, and help you um, certainly in your analysis and your recruitment as well and the two the two overlap and, and it's great that we've got experts in that field now and um, certainly with Josh he, you know he's a player that not only did he play well against us but when we watched him he was consistent mm. he didn't miss games you know, he played, he played every, minute, every single yeah, minute yeah. that he won Player of the Year. Mm. You know, when you when you look at him, you think, right, well, is he better than what we've got? What is it about Players of the Year pissing off when they win the award? Well, <laughs> sure, we'll go into that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, our remit, I think, with our form from New Year to the end of the season, our remit changed. Um, certainly, when Notts County and Wrexham both got promoted, that was a big thing for us. And we felt now it was a case of, okay, we're not just recruiting players that are better than what we've got. We can recruit now players that we believe could get us promoted. And that was a shift. Um, and that, you know, all of a sudden the phone starts ringing, as you <laughs> experienced before. Yeah. Um, players want to come. Yeah, it's incoming as well as... We were beg stealing and borrowing, you know, to get players to come to the club in September. Um, that level of player just to get us over the line now you know I've had I've had a championship player yesterday offered to me league one players all the time league two players you know it really is a massive positive in terms and change from 12 months ago where you know players want to come to play for Oldham we were in a relegation battle last season, and you might not want to come to a relegation battle in Division Five. But you, you, you're starting a you know clean slate now. Start the season. You look at all the we just had a wander around the ground and look at all the work that's being done. It, yeah. it looks like a place to be. You know, you, you talked about them being given a pot of noodles. We just, we just had lunch with the players and the and the staff in the in the. Um, in the suite, and you know what the spreads on there: tuna, salmon, chicken, like all yeah, the. It's, it's all it's really proper. nicely cooked stuff, yeah. and yeah, you, you, you had to. If you, you if can this see the first time you've been here when you're doing the dugout and everything. If you had to guess, like, well, what what division what is division, this club in? Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't say National League, would you? Yeah. But I mean, the, the harsh reality is that is where we're at, isn't it? So, it? It is, it is, and it's you know, it's my job to manage expectation, and we all want to go where we all want to know, we all want to be successful, and. Um, so, you know, talking about nutrition, talking about recruitment, analysis, these are all 
you know pieces of the jigsaw you must implement to be successful you can't you can't do it without one of those pieces you, it all has to be right so 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 one of the stats that that you could pick out from last season was possession wise certainly it got better obviously as the season went as you, as you talk about our form improved and and we were third in the table from christmas which showed yeah. a distinct improvement over the season but we still probably had Poor possession stats. Now, possession everything. Goals is better than better possession, I, I appreciate. But you, you can almost see how to get on the front foot and be in control of games instead of sort of sitting back and trying to stay in games, uh, we need to have better possession stats. So the play, so you have signed two, two centre midfielders in Dan Ward and Josh Lundstrom. So you've almost, you know, it, it's indicative of the fact that we need to control the games better. Do you expect those things to improve this year? Do you think we might be able to play more on the front foot? Do you think yeah. possession stats might increase? Um, okay, so first thing is when you sign better players, performance in all areas will increase. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, I am expecting us to have the ball more. Yeah. Uh, would I sacrifice having 20 more passes for an opportunity on goal? No. Mm-hmm. Um I've also got to take into consideration my audience, you yep. as a fan. Yeah. What do you want to see? Would would the older athletic fans like to see us play keep ball football for fifty passes and go nowhere? Um, and you know, in every fifty passes, we have two attempts on goal. Now, I learned very quickly here <laughs> from the people behind me that. You know, I, would, I wouldn't say the main stand paddock is, well, is a, is, is a, is a but, good example but, of the whole stadium. But you've but. got to know your audience, and you know that was part of my learning that the old athletic fans like two strikers, and that's brilliant because you know we played with two strikers then, but then you've got to play in a certain way to supply those strikers, and and then at the same time, you know, have you got the caliber of player to play possession football? Listen. I've done it all. I've 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 had teams at um, at Everton who have kept the ball for four and played out from the back um, because that's how I don't know um, the manager at the time wanted to play and that was filtered down and that's absolutely brilliant. But I mean, I'm in a results business. I've got to keep my job. I've got to buy time to get the caliber of player to get us promoted. So. Um, I don't know whether I've answered your question well, we, really. It's it's a it's a bit of both. Yes, I do you want to play and have more. You have to adapt, though, don't you? You, you, have, to football, adapt, you, you have, have to adapt. Don't you? you there it's there it's are not times just when one we, size yeah. fits all, is it? And I think I think obviously as the season went on, our stats did improve in that area mm. because we would become we were winning games and we were becoming more confident. And there's times when we will play three midfielders. There's times when we'll play two strikers. And um, my theory on you know, I think we have to be adaptable, and I, and I certainly know my audience here at Boundary. I I don't I'd almost I I'd, like I don't listen to it. <laughs> right. Look, at the end for of me, game, if you're winning football matches, you're, you're, nobody will care. Sure, a single no, job. You're, you're, we all know no. that great sides win football matches when yeah. they're not playing not, well. So you, like, it's it, a, a lot of that is a is a is a mindset, isn't it? Yeah. Where you we 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 won games last season where or we lost games last season or we drew games where we were the better team. Or we didn't complete the job, and then yeah. and vice versa. So, I think that all of the fans in this stadium will be quite happy 
if we're winning football you're, matches, and that's about it, really. But, but you're, you're the expert here. You're, you're, you're the you're the ex Premier League player with hundreds of um, of appearances. You've coached uh, youth football, first team football. You're the expert. We're not. So you, you, to a degree, to a degree, the audience. Yeah, I, I get I, your point. I think but, it's important that you understand your audience, and I understand um, that they want to play fast football here, creating opportunities, creating chances. Um, and early on, we did play a little bit of football and it was painful because we made a few mistakes and, you know, the calibre of player wasn't at the level that it is now. Um, and it makes players nervous if they can't, if, they, if they're trying to do things that they've never done before. Um, so that all comes with having time in the job, re, you know, recruiting better type of player, quality players. And we will play. We will play at times and some of the stuff, but I, I won't sacrifice certainly creating opportunities and scoring goals. So we I tried think to the voice of reason, didn't we, last season on the thing? Because what we this was our theory was that you've come in, you've got to analyse all your players. There's no point trying to get, you know, players of, let's say, limited ability, limited fitness, whatever, to, to you, they're not going to go out and do what you want them to do in your mind. So you have to adapt and you have to get that team going back to basics and get them harder to be, be harder to beat. Mm. And it just, that's what it seemed like to us that, that that was the remit for last season was just to get this team doing simple things better, stop making mistakes, stop letting the late goals in. And, and you got to, you got them to a point, didn't you, mm. after Christmas where it was, you know, a bit grim. Where that start, they started to implement those things yeah. that you were after. It takes time. And but you only have to look at the two winning machines in our league last year: Notts County, Wrexham. Different and they are both at, at polar ends of the spectrum in yeah. terms of style. Yeah. Um, both winning machines. Um, you know, one plays a brand of football; the other plays a different brand of football. I don't. I don't see Wrexham fans moaning. When the and they did, those, and those they two did. Down there, and by they the way, they lumped it. Yeah. They played for long throws, set pieces, yeah. corners, and Notts County, you know, play for fun. That's some good stuff. So there. and only just scraped over the line yeah. in the semi-final yeah. and final um, by that style of football. So it. It's horses for courses. They were both winning machines, and I just want us to become a winning machine. And that's so. the scary thing about this division. Both Notts County, like you said, this season and last season, Wrexham, both of them failed last season. This is a hard... You can be head and shoulders above everybody in this division yeah. over the over a season and not go up. And and that is... I think that's what we, what freaks us all out a little bit, yeah. is the potential to, to, to keep being... To, to do that and not go up. Hopefully the three up, three up, down thing will, will, will come in at some point. I don't know if yeah, there's any well, news I, on that. I, well, I think it's going to be too late this season to be implemented... But certainly, I mean, Darren's on the board now, so certainly it's something that will come in next season. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully we don't need it. But it is a tough division to get It out. is a tough so league. It's, 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 it's not it's, getting it's, any easier, is it? it it's the, the amount of games that you've mm-hmm. got to play back-to-back it, that, that is a problem. Um, but it's a grind and, and we've got to be in it for the long haul. So in, in terms of this season, if you if you were to define, if you, I mean, like you said, you've got to be adaptable. You'll have different systems on different games depending on what the opposition is. But, but if I were to say to you, how, how do you want to see us play? Are we going to be defensively minded first? Are we going to, are we going to employ a high press? I know, I know you could change in, in different environments. Um, are you, is it going to be a, Formational change, but I guess let's start with that. We're going to be defence minded first, sit back and hit on the counter because we've got pace and that worked last season. 
Or are we going to, with the players we've signed, try and press for... Because Joss Lundstrom's interview after Hyde was quite revealing. He said, uh, here, um, I'm being asked to play more aggressively than I'm used to. Mm. And I think everyone went, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. Mm. That sounds like we're going to go high press. Mm. So my, my education at Everton as a player, as a coach, working with the likes of Colin Harvey, yeah. Jimmy Gabriel, Howard Kendall, Joe Royal, you know, top, top. Players, yep. coaches, managers, their approach in my education and John Ebrell's education um, at Everton and our beliefs as, as, as coaches and managers now is to play fast, dynamic football. Okay. That is how yep. we were brought up. Yep. Um, that includes having pace in the team, being really aggressive, whether you are pressing from the front, whether you're pressing in, uh, so you've got a midfield block, and then... You regain the ball, you play forward quick. Limited touches, create opportunities. Yeah. Keep clean sheets. Yeah. So that that in itself is that's how we coach, that's how we train. Um and and you're adaptable to a formation. It's not about a formation. It's about the individuals in that team, whatever formation it is, playing fast, dynamic football. And that is how I see the game. I see Liverpool do it brilliantly. Mm-hmm. I see Man City do it brilliantly, halfway line to the goal. Um, how they get there is difficult for non-top elite players. Of course. Um, so everything over the halfway line is fast, it's counter-attack, it's limited. They've gone long ball last year because of Haaland. Yeah. The amount of times they've played long into him and over the top and through, that is outstanding football. But everyone thinks Man City play seventy passes before. This well, when when, when it's when a pass is played by a seventy million pound defender, over then it's a it's a world class pass, pass, isn't it? Pass when it's, when it's by Wimbledon, it's, yeah. it's long ball football. So That's if you the get difference. the ball off the keeper and you go out to a full back and you play a diagonal ball over the back four and Haaland runs on and scores, that's a world class goal. Yeah, yeah. So it's all perception, yeah. and I want to play fast, dynamic, quick football. Okay, and that. For me, that's the definition. Is is has been instrumental in the players that we brought into the club so far. Okay. I think it's interesting what you said about with the fans, though. I think because I think part all that fits together. Mm. So when you've got that pace, when you've got that speed, when you've got yeah. that excitement, gets the crowd going. The atmosphere yeah. in the ground become obviously the atmosphere at Atletics is getting better and better with Atleticos and obviously more people coming in and the yeah. optimism. What a fantastic surface that looks like now. I mean, what a pitch it looks like out yeah. there. But you can't, the lads can't wait to watch Yeah, so we're training on it for the first time next Wednesday. So yeah. that'll be yeah. that'll be fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, this place, I mean, the last game of the season, I thought our fans were like... Yeah, it was great. Wasn't the it? noise level went up. And this can be a real bear pit. It yeah. can be a real hostile environment. Unfortunately, for previous managers and myself at the beginning... The hostility was towards our own team and yeah. management. Now, I think we've turned that corner. I know there are a minority who aren't happy, but you'll never please them anyway. Um, but once it's so powerful, yeah. you know, when you get all that singing and dancing, you know, behind your team, behind your management, behind your coaching staff. Wow, that's what it was like at Notts County. That's what it was like at Wrexham. When I was stood on the touchline in these places, it was like, oh, this is... They're not just a good team, yeah. but you try, you've got to beat the fans as it'll well. Be, it'll, it'll be, it, I promise you it'll be like that here. Because but, it, we, it's, it's, it, that minority is is uh, is like that because we're just chatting to John Eberle. There's only two teams in the top five divisions of English football. 
that have not won anything since the year 2000. And, and both, and or achieved anything. Or anything. promotions or anything. And like those that. two clubs are Oldham and Everton. Mm. And so it's because of the length of time that yeah. there's like this sort of um, expectation that it won't be successful mm. in, in, in amongst the terrace. That it's like a dark humour that's got us through those years. Mm. I understand. That, 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 that still pervades. Like we could do, we've said this before, we could do with Mick Rathbone, like doing a psychological experiment <laughs> on a few fans just to work out like, yeah. what well, Because we looked into it that whole time, <clears> we, this is our fourth season on the podcast now, we've looked into that whole thing about our psychology as a fan base, as a, you know, we, cause we've really dug into everything and, and it, cause we have come from a, it's been a difficult place, but yeah. to, it's time to let that go. It's because this, things are different now. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a 46 game season. Mm. And if we don't win a game or we don't, or we draw a game and it can't be doom and gloom. No. Yeah. Because we've shown our foreman from just literally New Year onwards yeah. that we can go on a run and, I mean, I speak to Hogs about it all the time. The run that Stockport went on. Yeah, yeah. Then they won the last 10 games or something. Well, he started badly as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, listen, I, I don't want us to start badly. No, no, they, no, but they did. Yeah, but, they still won up. There might be periods of time where, you know, we don't get the rub of the green or we, we draw a few games or we might lose a couple, but we've got to stick together. Plymouth yeah. were a great example a few years ago. Absolutely. They, were bottom, they were in the bottom three, weren't they? Right, yeah. right, and they went off and got promoted. And like, I, mean, great I mean, obviously closer to home, what's going on at Everton? Um the last two seasons, the fans have got them over the line. Mm. Fans have played the part. Now, you know, it's so powerful. I don't realise this. I don't know if the fans realise how, how actually, how influential they can be mm. to their own team or to the opposition in, in what, they, what they decide to do yeah. and say and sing and, yeah. and, and, and act. Yeah. Um, it, it is all part of the performance. Yeah. And so come need, on, everyone need. who's listening, come on, let's go get together. No, it, uh, it's, it's a bit of a rallying. We're in the same place because that's what we've been saying for, for a long time. So let, let's, the people who are listening now, let's, let's maybe give them something to think about. So we, have we finished our, our recruitment business for the summer? Are you still no. looking? Uh, I, the, the obvious one would be, is that me or you? Oh, dear. That's, oh, that's, that's so That's a fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a, it is a fine. What, yeah, do you want absolutely. to find me for that? That's bad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, we know, we, we, not that we were earwigging the conversation you had before, but you know, you were talking about uh, someone we don't know who, but you could do is obviously business yeah. ongoing all the time. And I guess that'll be the case right up until I'm not going to stop. Will it? I'm yeah. not going to stop because yeah. we have an opportunity in this league and, and, and you can slate it for whatever reason or we can have a go at it for not having two automatics. The great thing that we had last year was the fact that we could recruit players all the way through. Yeah. Because we'd have been knackered if we hadn't. Yeah, no, no, no. We, we yeah. would have been in deep. Yeah. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. yeah. I won't swear. We all know what we would have been, been in, in, in a bit of trouble, I feel, if we hadn't been able to keep recruiting yeah. at the rate that we did. Um, so, no, I haven't finished. I haven't. Um, the, the, the obvious position looks like a right back. Well, I, I, I want three more plays before the start three. of the season. Bloody hell, three uh, more. And I know exactly who I want. And, you know, Darren does and Steve does and John, we, we all know who we want. And then we, we I mean, I can't, I mean, I, the amount of players and the quality of players that are being offered to us, you know, I want to go to Frank and say, can I double the budget? You know, because <laughs> yeah. honestly, the, the, the caliber of players that are being offered to us and the, because they see what's going on, they know, hopefully the journey that the club's going places. And it's not yeah. just, 
this season, it's next season as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's to keep going and keep going and, and, and go get to the heights that we all want to go. So, so when we sorry, just what, what, yeah. the journey we've been on. I don't want to keep harping on about it, but when when you start looking into football and our club and the way that it is and the balance between this club has got to be sustainable. It, it, we 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 can't afford to just throw money non-stop. And so it's, it's, mar- it's marrying that expectation of like, because it seems to me you're, you're signing players as well who potentially have a, a sell-on value because that's that's important for the club to keep the club going. Because, you know, young players who have proven themselves at a lower league division, they come up and that's all part of that, that big process. We're not, we can't, we've been talking about Luton and how brilliantly they're fantastic yeah. inspiration. Absolutely. Well, we can't afford, uh, because we've learned the lesson so many times, to just throw money that we don't have or that is not sustainable at the football club so yeah. we've, we, as, as fans we all want to see us go up this season we know that the money gets less next season but fundamentally this as a business has to work doesn't it to, and, yeah, and hopefully I, keep moving in the right direction at the same and, time and, and Frank and his family have, have you know dug deep you know, yeah. to, to save the club and, and then give me a competitive budget yeah. um, I'll always spend it I'll always go and try and get more because I think that's right. I think that's how you keep pushing and you keep getting better. Um, and I'll always ask the question. It's up to them to say no. Isn't it? At the end of well, the day, you they have done a few times so yeah. far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's. We have to be sustainable. Sustainable. Yeah. When did we last sell a player for decent money? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. Well, we you, saw, you'll we, be able to tell me. We, I don't we, know. We, we, we sold someone from the youth team recently to Newcastle, didn't we? There's a chap called Sam Alabi for about a quarter of a million pounds. Uh, I, I mean, Harry Vaughan to Hull will have a load, a load of sell-on fees probably no, involved in there. first-team player. Yeah. First-team player for a significant chunk of money. Established player who went to somebody's first team, not academy, mm-hmm. for a considerable amount of money. Now, well, this is to show that it's not. It isn't just as we had two guys that were mm, Moroccan who came in and thought that they could bring in players from the lower div- French division. Oh, they got an eye for a player, and they were going to sell them. And that was their that was their whole business model. It yeah. was a complete disaster. It, obviously, you, we like you say, it's obvious to spot with the signings. I mean, I know I'm getting old now, but I'm looking in there and looking at the likes of Hobson and Willoughby. I think, God, they look young, <laughs> but that's because I'm getting older. But they're you know they're 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 young footballers, but they're they're reaching their prime and. Yeah. They're there to. They're here to do well, and if, if a good moving comes in, brilliant. Yeah. Money for the club, invest again. And that's what we've got to do. We've, we we might have to sell a player every year to to be sustainable to earn a profit. And I'm all right with that. It means we've got good players. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm all right with that. Yeah, um, yeah. But you can't bring a whole squad of players who are from the league below or two leagues below and expect them to then be competitive and. The answer to that question, I think, was Johnson Clark Harris to Rotherham <laughs> or Corey Smith to uh, Bristol City, probably, okay. for like no, three, 300 grand a piece. Okay, okay, so how long ago would that be? Oh, five, six years ago. There you go. Probably, yeah, there you go. So in that five, six years, we've been in steady decline. Yeah. And, oh, and a long time before that. You, yeah. don't sell, <laughs> you don't sell players like that. So. So, so let's talk about some of the players that have come in. So... Uh, so Charlie Raglan, surely we weren't scouting him because he was two divisions above us and looked like we was out of our reach. He must have well, been. It's funny because we were only because of who we've scouted previously um, in terms of uh, Chapman last year. Yeah. Uh, so we were aware of him. Yeah. And and honestly, the the pull of the amount of times an agent phones me or Steve phones me and says, "You won't believe this play. He wants to come." I was like, "Brilliant. He's a Manchester lad." He's a Manchester lad. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. from Manchester. He wants to come back up to Manchester. Yeah. He's from yeah. he's just outside Alderman. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Is it? And Charlie just had a young family. Yeah. Um, 
turned down a two-year deal, wanted to come back to Manchester to be with his family and saw what was going on here. Yeah. The, the momentum, what we were building, the, the new owners, our form, um, and wanted to be a part of it. So we, I mean, we snapped him up. You know, as quick as we could do the deal. He, he looks. I mean, he, he's obviously not a younger player signed with potential selling, but he looks the real deal in terms of. But you've got to get the balance, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. You've yeah. got to get two or three experienced boys, you know, and and who the know how of you know above the leagues above, really. Yeah, yeah you're nothing with kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how close were we to uh, Andy Dallas then? How close were we? Um, we've had discussions. Right. With him and his agents, made him an unbelievable offer. Um, it wasn't right for the player, so it wasn't right for us. And um, it looks like he's going to go to League One. Sheffield Wednesday, I think. That, I've heard that or um, somewhere else, League right. One. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. Um, but he's, you know, you mentioned the name, and again, I said I wouldn't lie to you. So. Um, he's one of a number of players who we've spoken to. Yeah. And then, obviously, the other one, which we touched on earlier, so, obviously, jo- Joseph Yane, I mean, we've replaced him adequately, it looks like, so it doesn't seem like it's it's going to hurt us, but he was great at the end of the season and we, we gave him our end of season award and... Yeah. Did, did we fall out a bit? Delusions of glory. <laughs> no, I think, you got it, I, think, I think you got it right. He was terrific, uh, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so, Do, did we offer him a two-year deal or a one-year right. deal? Okay, so, when he came in, um, he, he came in and he had registration from India yeah. so we couldn't offer him a permanent deal because yeah. legislation blah 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 um, we would have had to get international clearance could take two weeks could take two months so we signed him um, to the end of the season Yeah. so brilliant so Joe and his agent uh, quite rightly um, said well you know if I do well you know can we agree a deal Yeah. for another year so yeah. we went fair point you know I think Darren and I are always fair in negotiations. So we went, yeah, that's fair. So we agreed a deal. So we signed that. Fantastic. So that was, when was that? Was it probably the winter, January, winter, yeah, winter, yeah, winter, yeah, winter so, so he signed to the end of the season. We agreed another deal if he does well. Um, we go off on this journey of winning games, which was brilliant. And his form was great. Teams win in. We pick up and we finish really strong. So... Come to sign the deal, and Joe's gone. Well, you know, I've got player of the year. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm here. <laughs> uh, I've got player of the year. Is there any chance of any more money? Uh, is there a chance of a, another year? So, Darren and I, being fair men, said, Okay, fair point. Um, you've done really well. We, we want to reward performance, which we feel is right. Yeah. Um, so, we gave improved, we offered him improved terms. And the second year on appearances. Okay. Um, which then got chipped down um, to less appearances to guarantee uh, a second year. That was it. So Joel didn't feel that that was reflective of his performance. Um, he wanted two years guaranteed. He wanted more money. Uh, and you know, both Darren and I said, no, we think we've been fair. We, we, you know, we, we're not... We've got a lot of targets that we're going after. Um, you know, that's the that's it, that's the deal. So he, he declined. So I spoke I spoke to Joe and, and Joe wanted more money in a, in a two-year guarantee. And I didn't feel that that was right for the club. Um, you know, 
the, the goalposts kept shifting, yeah. kept moving, and uh, all right, we, we you know we'll move with them, yeah, a couple of times, but every time it seemed to agree something, it moved again. So it just became a saga, and uh, quite honestly, I, I, I said to Darren, look, look, we need to walk away. We need to just you know this is the beginning of the summer. We've got eight nine weeks plus pre-season um, to see who's out there. Uh, we already had our list of targets. Um, and, and that was it. The, the, the obvious question that invites is, what's it like dealing with agents? Well, so follow, follow quite, Andy Dallas and the Joseph Yardley. So quite, quite, Andy Dallas's agent was was great, and um, you know he, he was a bit of a character, when, and I quite enjoyed that one. But Darren deals with ninety percent of them, does he? And and I thank him dearly for that <laughs> <laughs> because um, there are good agents, but there's an awful lot of. Um, how can I put this diplomatically? Um, um, there's an awful lot of difficult conversations you have to have. And you said Darren, that almost like Darren would have done because you'd have asked Darren. Well, he would have said Darren that the Royal same thing. could double as a diplomat, yeah, um, yeah. and an MP because he's brilliant yeah. with them. He is, you know, he's very experienced with them, obviously, and um, he's, he's he has a great manner. And, well, Thankfully, um, he deals with them, not me. Fair enough. Fair enough. My fuse is a little too short, I think, for, uh, for most of them. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's what it looks like from the outside in. Like, you know, I mean, there must be some, you know, when you were a player, you presumably you had an agent in your day. Was there agents? Mm. Yeah, there yeah. would have been. Yeah. So you, you'll, you'll, know, you'll know from being a player, good agent versus bad agent. But the, the thing I always find fascinating about, about agents in this game is that any other business walk alive, an agent earns his money from... The, the the person who's employed him, so that would be the player in this mm. instance. Mm. Yet the agent wants paying by the club often for representing the player, and I find yeah. that the most bizarre. There's all new tax rules around that now. The pay the player has to pay tax on that and all that sort of stuff. So it, it, the, the rules keep changing. And um, listen, I have to say there are some very very good agents, I'm sure and, and I have to say that because they there actually are there are some great guys out there who you can trust. Who you know have got the best interests of the player well, and the club, and it must know, be obvious to you when you see an agent that is not putting the, his his well, theory, his, his client first. Yeah, well, and, and it upsets first. me because my background is is youth development, and you know I've seen young players that at the age of 13, 14 have agents, and it and it honestly it it really upsets me when I see bad advice, mm-hmm. and we've had a few examples of that this summer, and it and it's hard because. You're sitting there and the player, the parents, they are just hanging on every word of the agent. And you just know that these agents aren't getting paid until they move this player. And and that's and it's not always the right decision to move a player. Yeah. And and we've experienced that a couple of times and it's disappointing. Mm. Um, because what that agent should be saying is stay here for a couple of years, earn your stripes, get some, you know, get a real foundation. And then the move will come in two, three years' time. But he doesn't get paid then, does he? No, exactly. So, but a good agent has plenty of players on his books. Exactly. And they're moving at the right time. Exactly. I mean, that's I mean, obviously we're going to wrap this conversation up shortly because we've taken up a lot of your time and we appreciate it. But from this conversation, it shows there are a lot of moving parts. Yeah. There are a lot of people to consider when you're dealing in football, and football clubs and players and staff and all that kind of stuff. And... Like we're talking about with Joe Yarny, it's all transitional. In football, it's like in life in general, but particularly in football, there's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of people moving around. 
you need a core at a football club that doesn't do that. Mm. That, that and there has to, this club is now. It seems like we're moving into that phase where we've said it. How many times we've said it? More than anything, this club needs stability. Yeah. At, at, at management level, at board level. Uh, and, and within the squad, because you, you need a nucleus of the squad to stick together, of a first team to stick together, a spine of a team, as people always call it. We're all, This is the first proper season now, I would say, we're, that we're going into where we've got that. Because last season, you've, you know, I'd explained why that is. This is the first season. And I think the expectations of a lot of fans have shifted up a gear. Uh, I'm sure your expectations of your players have shifted up a gear. Um, 442 Magazine put us down uh, for finishing 15th. Now, we can only expect that it was either a Rochdale fan or a Tranmere <laughs> fan that, that wrote that because there's no way we're going to finish 15th this season. So just tell us a little bit about your expectations and your hopes and how you're feeling about going into this next season. Well, I'm, I'm, I feel I feel great. Um, everything, I mean, you sum it up brilliantly. Um, I, I would just add, it, it's about relationships as well. So the board, brilliant people. Brilliant, brilliant people. The relationships that the board have with each other are, are fantastic. You know, everything is transparent. Everything is there open. I mean, you've got the owner, you know, sitting and standing with the, with our fans, you know, so there's, it all starts with the leadership and, and our leadership. Um, in Endaran Royal, you've got, in my, I'm biased because I see him and work with him every day and, um, I know the amount of work he, he has on and what he does and the quality of it and you know you can't measure that for the fans about what an unbelievable job if it wasn't for Darren the Rothwells wouldn't be in charge of this club I'm telling you that now he brought them to the table you know he was the one who was was instrumental in, in bringing that family to, to this club and, and he's an unbelievable CEO we are very lucky to have him let me tell you that now I'm amazed that an elite team has not come after him because um, he's that good. But I know his loyalties to this football club, you know, f- through his own experience as a player. He lives in the town. His dad, obviously, is is a legend here. He's, he, he's the man. Um, and he's desperate for football. So, so the fundamental leadership at the club is right. The relationships are right. My relationship with Darren, my relationship with Frank and the board is fantastic. Now the staff... Now you're having relationships with the staff now, the players. My relationship with the fans, I believe, has improved. I think it's improved. I, I think I want it better. I, I, I want it better than it, than it is already, but it, I'm happy with it. Um, so everything is right. Everything feels good. I think we've recruited really well. Um, I'm not going to come on here and say we're going to win the league by 20 points. We're going to have over 100 points because that would be foolish. My job is to manage expectation, to keep the group grounded. If we win the first five games, you know, if we win the first six games, five, six games, I'll have to ground the players. I don't want anybody getting ahead of themselves. Just at the same time, if we don't win, don't win a few, I'll pick them up. It's a, it's, it's a long, arduous, hard season, but it feels right for the first time. It feels like we've, you know, with all the, the work that we've done, with all the recruitment we've done to staff and players, there's a great feeling around the place. I would ask the fans to just stay with us. I think that's and and we touched on it before. It is so important that, that the part that they play to get us from being a good team to a great team, they can make that difference. I've seen it with my own eyes at Everton. 
where they've got a team that was destined for relegation over the line just through being vocal and sticking together for 95 minutes. Um, it could, it, it feels like it could be a special season. It really does. Um, and I, I don't want to let anybody down. Um, I, I want to be here for, for a massive amount of time. I want to build something. I, I, I was thinking about that a minute ago. Our, our two uh, longest serving managers did 12 years apiece, back to back. So a quarter of a century with two managers. Uh, and they're club legends and they succeeded various levels. So yeah, if, if you're here in 12 years' time, yeah. then you're, we're all going to be delighted yeah, as we'll we have are. gone somewhere. But I've, I've, given, I've given the owner, the board and Darren my word that I make, that as long as they want me here, yeah. obviously, yeah. I won't walk away if somebody comes sniffing because, well, I, if Everton did, I think we'd all, I think we'd all be fine with that. But well, you know, but <laughs> they'd have to pay a lot of money for yeah. the club anyway. Um, but you know what I mean. I, I, I want to build something. This is my first proper job as a manager, um, you know, in the big wide world, and and I want to build something. And and I've I've been given that opportunity, and that opportunity is really really important for me because I've waited so long for the right opportunity. Um, and, I, and I feel sat here now with you that it was the right decision. So, you know, if anybody comes sniffing, I'm not interested. Okay. I'm not interested because I've, I've, you know, you're only as good as your word, aren't you? And my word to Darren and Frank was, you know, I want to stay here for a long time. And that, that hopefully we're all working hard. We get success and, and that happens. The point you made about players, um, an agent knowing when to stay, knowing when to go. It, football management is littered. With managers that chose the wrong time to leave and 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 that made a move that was ultimately disastrous for their career because yeah. sometimes like you're part of a of a of a piece a really important part of a of a piece and when it's we've seen it ourselves at the club it's like alchemy in a way so many things have to be right for a football club to be successful um, and it takes time to build those pieces as soon as one of those things goes. It, the whole thing f- comes out of kilter, out of balance. Yeah. You don't just automatically go into another club and, and be the perfect no. fit, do you? So if you can get up to the point where people are sniffing around, yeah. with a club performing, it's a, it's a big decision. Yeah, and I waited, I waited, I've waited a long time um, for the right opportunity when with the right club that's got the right people in charge that that will give you the best opportunity to succeed. Um, and the timing of, of coming in here is. So far, it seems right. It seems perfect because we've we've basically been able to build it from scratch, yeah. um, and that means a lot to me. And, and my loyalty to to Darren, to Frank, um, my relationship now. Speak, with do, you, do you speak with Joe much? Still? All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. Yeah. All the time. He's he's been up to training a couple of times. He's at the games. Um, I mean, if you can't learn off Joe Royal, well, then you're a fool. <laughs> yeah. You know, because he's 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 the man. Yeah. He, you know. Yeah. He's the Don Carleone yeah. uh, of yeah. the football yeah. management world. So, you know, I've got that on tap. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, and he's desperate, you know, for us to succeed again because, you know, it, it must be upsetting for him to see where the club is and where the Absolutely. club has gone. Yeah. You know, because he left it in the best state that it's ever been in. Yeah. Um, so I think he feels. Like he's, you know, he wants to play his part as well, and he certainly is doing. Just before we wrap up, because we do have to wrap it's up. It's fine, by now. But in terms of the, um, so you talked about Franny Jeffers. Obviously, he's left. Mm. Is it, are we going to replace him? Is there a plan to replace him? What's going on with the B team? Have we entered him into a league? Is there anything okay. that comes to that? So Franny got 
a brilliant offer uh, yeah. to join um, Robbie Fowler yeah. in Saudi. Um, he felt where he was at, sort of personally in his career, uh, personally in his life, that it, it was an offer that he couldn't refuse. Yeah. And I understand that. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. So we all do, really. Yeah, yeah. So what we've asked Steve Thompson to do is to come on the grass with us as well. Okay. So because the recruitment department is all set up yeah. and all um, you know secure, yeah, uh, and all the different people and all the different facets of it are, are in place. Steve's a brilliant coach, an yeah. experienced coach. So Steve's it's assistant at Blackpool, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, when they got promoted to the Premier League, yeah. and he took all the training. Um, so okay. he's he's on the grass with us now every day. Right. Okay. Uh, at the weekends, he'd be going to to his games, and so he's he's doubling up a little bit. But I, I felt it was he was itching to get his boots on. Um, he's too good a coach to not be on the grass, mm-hmm. uh, and it just felt like the perfect opportunity. So Steve has joined John and I and Steve Collis uh, on the grass every day, which is brilliant. So who will manage it? So the B team, which was a which was a big part of the thing when you came in, yeah, having a pathway for the for the youth. Uh, to get into the first team, there was not there was a massive gap between the two. Obviously, Franny was running that in the first season. We weren't in a league. No, Have we entered the league now. So, so there isn't really a, no. a, a competitive league that will allow the players to play every week. Okay. So, I'm a massive advocate of B teams. I love them um, as long as you can play every week. Yeah. So, you know, the worst thing a young player can do is train all week and then not have a game. Yeah. It's, okay. it's demoralising. You know. Yeah. So. So what we've done this year um, is because of the changeover uh, with the academy, um, we've only got five young pros this year. Yeah. So they're all gonna they're all on loan. All on loan. Yeah. So we've got four out of the five now uh, fixed up on loan. Yeah. So they're that. training with the first team every day, and then they're playing the games at the weekend, which is a perfect scenario. Yeah. Um, the B team is something I love. When there's a competitive league. We'll, we'll join one. Yeah, something within the game yeah. itself that's got to change. Yeah. In yeah. Order it, and, and that's, that's, you know, I'm talking the Man Cities and Man Uniteds and Everton and Liverpools of this world would f- far benefit from having a B team as well. Yeah. Um, we don't have enough bodies and we don't have a league to go into. So yeah. I don't want to, you know, well, just, I, know, just I know do this, that. Uh, Jake Forshaw scored for Colton in the week. He did. He? So, he did. Uh, by, all accounts, he, yeah. by all accounts, he played well. So, um, yeah, he's looked good in pre-season. Well, if you don't mind me asking, one of the things that that uh, in the in the past which um, was terrible to see for so like we had have like serious pros like David Wheater, like you know a really a real gentleman as well, um, training with a youth because he was banished away from the first team environment, and we, we all hated that because it was awful to see, you know, good professionals being treated poorly, and obviously that those times are, are hopefully gone. But there have been one or two players that are possibly with the youth that have been in the first team squad. How how are we managing that now in this sort of new, more professional era? So every everybody's gone now. Have uh, they all gone? Uh, yeah. So um, so is John Rooney. So John around? Rooney's talking to a couple of clubs at the okay. moment, and we expect him to finalise something in the next. I don't know. Uh, Darren's onto it. So in the next week or so. Okay. Right. So yeah. then there's no one in that. So 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 no. J- Jason Luke Wilder's gone. So Jason's Luke gone. Luke Burgess is gone. So it's just John and, Rooney. Um, John and Windass went to Darlington on yeah. for the season. So right. that was um, that was a, that was probably a bit of the fact that we had too many players last year. Yeah. We get and, it, and, 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 just, and we don't have anything in between. So there's the first team and then there's the U team. Yeah. yeah. So I'm massive on sort of the three fundamentals of any football club: recruitment, good coaching, and then team environment. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than you know somebody 
or a group of players who you know aren't going to be yeah. in your team, um, you know, around it when they know they're going to be going because it, it, it's it's not good for them and it's not good for the players and it's not good for the environment. So, you know, pre-season's a time just to get fit. So, you know, if that was the case... Um, we talked about it on the season. pod, didn't we? Because how difficult a task it must have been last season, just having all those bodies around. And yeah. As a, man, as, a, as a manager, as a personnel manager, just having to deal with, with them as, as, as men and knowing that... They know, don't they? They're yeah. not going to get in the and first team. It's nothing personal. No. And I, I spoke to every single one of them at the end of the season told them exactly how I felt, told them exactly what the plan was. So they've been told in known circumstances that you'll know, find yourself a club, you're not in my plans. Yeah. Um, and that's just football. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it happened to me at yeah. Wigan. Yeah. You know, I scored a goal that kept Wigan in the Premier League and then two days later I got released. <laughs> so I, I know that you know it, it, it's not nice. No. But unfortunately, it's part of the, yeah. the game that you've, you, you've... The best thing to do is just be honest. Yeah. Be honest with the players Tell them yeah. face to face, and yeah. and then it's up to them and their agents then to to, to try and That's find a way out. You, 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 we, we, we just you just don't want people to be treated no. like you said unfairly or unreasonably. No. And, and in the past, it, people had been who were you know good men and treated badly. And um, you don't want that in this new area. You want everyone to be treated respectfully. So it's just good to sort of get, I guess wrap that up because yeah, some people I, yeah, yeah, yeah no, no problem. Like I, I I totally understand, but. Every single one of those players we had a conversation with. Yeah. Um, and then we offered them the opportunity to either train at home, um, have a program from us, train with the, um, you know, with the fitness coaches, uh, train in the gym. So everything was offered to them. Yeah. There was no issues. It's just that I wanted to keep my first team, you know, better enough. Separate. So, and that's part of football, unfortunately. Yeah. So we, one thing we haven't touched upon, um, which which I've heard you talk about when the fans forum, but about lo- you know loan ease in effect. Mm. So we, one of the interesting factors is every single one of those players that we just walk past off the training ground and seen eating lunch are all contracted to Oldham Athletic, full time employees, yeah. no loan ease from anywhere. Feels like they're all together, mm. you know, and they're all working towards one objective. Good loan ease can make a difference, mm. right? But you don't. We've had a revolving door in the past of a procession of loanees that have not put the club first. There's been some good examples as well. Um, I, I detect there's possibly a. You might use the loan market if available, but you're not necessarily keen. But I wonder if is it hard to attract decent loanees when you're in Division Five. So the likes of an Everton, there may have been an expectation when you came from Everton. You, there was a lot of fans thought, "Oh well, hello, we're going to get we're going to get Everton, the best of Everton's youth team, because David Unsworth will bring you with them." And that hasn't happened. But I wonder, is it because we're in Division Five? Everton are like, "No, we don't want to drop them that low. We'd rather drop them in somewhere else." Yeah, basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and if I have my Everton hat on and I can get a league club for a player, yeah, I'm going to do that first. Yeah. So we inquired last year. For whoa, a couple of Everton players, um, a couple of City players, a United player. Oh, I'm trying to think. I try to keep it local because I think loans for elite young players are best when they're local. Yeah. I can't remember if there was a Liverpool player. Anyway, so we inquired about a number of players last yeah. year and all got told basically no. Um, so then we went to the the, the the next tier, Sheffield United. Uh, obviously, we got City Peck, yeah. who was who was flying at the time. Um, and I, I think, I think because our expectations have changed, 
our, you know, our, what's the word? Where we want to be in terms of automatic promotion, playoff promotion. Um, you know, I don't want to bring a player in who isn't going to be able to get us promoted. Mm-hmm. We will be playing players on their first loan, probably, um, and we don't know what we're going to get. Yeah. Um, and that that's okay if there's a hope that we might get into the playoffs. Now, 12 months ago, that, that for this year was probably what the plan was. Yeah. The plan shifted because of, because we're moving fast. Yeah. And that's great. And that's yeah. what we want. Um, so if we do get a loan now, it, it's going to have to be of top quality, uh, probably elite and somebody who can come in and we know what we're going to get, not hope what we're going to get. There's a big difference. Yeah. Um, presumably the chances of, of getting that, that player have increased now. Like we've already touched about where the club's at, the facilities, yeah. where, the, where the parent yeah. club looking at the club in the past are going, you're not going there, mate. Yeah. You know I mean, but now you can you, yeah. you can show them around and they, you, they'll be happy to send them. Presumably. Absolutely, you look at the training facilities yeah. now. You look at how we, our different departments, how we look after the players. Um, yeah, it's all changed. I, I couldn't, I couldn't guarantee any young player. That last year, um, when you say sixty-two percent of your squad was is injured, injured they're, yeah. you know they're not going to send an elite young, you know, uh, uh, yeah. uh, so, no. someone so valuable um, no. here no. To, with the, with that risk no. attached to it. Aren't absolutely, they? So, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the low market is is. I mean, we look at it. We're watching games all the time. We know. I mean, I know everybody's young players in the area. Certainly, the big clubs. Um, you know, I know them all. All the players, I've, I've seen them for years, so I know what's out there. Yeah. Um, but you've got to be careful. With I mean, I, I spoke to Phil Parkinson early on in the season, and um, you know they they didn't have any loan players. I said, "Come on!" And we were we were we were targeting Bolton's players, we were Sheffield United, Wigan, you know, just to get better players through the door. Yeah. And he just said, "Look, try and try to leave it alone." It was a great bit of advice. Um, he said, because you don't know what you're going to get. You are trying to make other teams' players better. Um, if you're going to loan someone, be it a second loan or a third loan, mm. because then you, you know you, they're a little bit older, a little bit wiser, yeah. and and the league is relentless. Mm. It's physical. It's it's horrible. It's you know it's the dark art. Sometimes you know certainly from you know. Def- from a defensive point of view, you know you you have to stand up to the physical challenge. Mm. Um, so it was good advice that Phil gave me, and uh, I've sort of, as we've, we've quickened up our sort of approach of where we want to go, um, that stuck with me. So um, it's available to us, you know, probably an emergency, mm. unless something. Well, there's no doubt outstanding this, became. This available. club has been using it because it had no other choice. Yeah. Uh, in the past, and, and I get it. Literally, I a case that. of like we need to boost the squad numbers. We, yeah. We, we're injuries. We need someone that can go out there and run around. Yeah. And it, and it literally was a case of that. So I mean, things have changed. I think this interview has been really good in in highlighting some of the tra- the transition where we where we've come from to where we're at. It's it's chalk and cheese, and they I mean. You and I have had it. It's been great, hasn't it? I mean, I've had it. Well, do you know what I think? If you think about all the podcast episodes we've done over the last, this, like, say, into our fourth year, uh, this is probably the first episode where we talked solely and only about football. Yeah. Ah, well, that's brilliant to hear. And that shows you well, that's great to hear, where guys. we come from. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. And, you know, I am an adopted Oldham Athletic fan now. I can't ever begin to understand the depth that this club 
went to. Um, I've been told, I mean, my PA suit is the most amazing Oldham Athletic fan you've ever seen. She tells me probably a different story every day about something that that triggers a memory and something that happened in in those times. And I mean, I've heard some horrendous stories. I've yeah. heard some stories off a player when I was sat in the dugout at Eastleigh, uh, a, a French midfielder that got sacked because he was injured. And it, I mean, it's just horrendous. Some of the some yeah. of the stuff I've heard, and that side wasn't speaking to this side, and that he wouldn't speak. To, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's pathetic. Yeah, it was awful. I mean, it's hard enough, gents, when everybody's pulling in the right direction to be successful in this game, yeah. right? When everyone's at it, and it's hard enough still. Yeah. You, you just, I can never ever imagine what it must have felt like for for a football fan to experience what's gone on at this club over the period of time, and and it, it's it, it's it's heartbreaking. Well, I was, I was chatting to Mark Sheridan on the way in. Uh, he's a good guy, by yeah, the way. Good guy. Really Mark, good guy. Yeah, it's a good, a good chat to him. So for anyone, everyone who's listening, we, we've had um, the the capacity on this stadium reduced for a series of years because yeah. it's been decrepit. So it's back up to full 13,000. Yeah. So we can get 13,000 fans back in here. All the maintenance that's gone on. The pitch is looking pristine. Uh, they were out there today blowtorching the seats to make them look shiny again. Yeah. Uh, it, it's getting the love and care and attention it needs. So everyone, everyone, sh- I'm personally, this is the first time I've been excited about the start of the season. I think since 2009. Yeah, wow. It's a long time. So it's, 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 I'm not, I've got butterflies in my stomach thinking about the start of the season. Um, it is, it's going to be, it's going to be really good fun. Yes, we'll lose some games. Um, but we all know, our form since Christmas was was such that with the additions that we made, we're going to be challenging near the top end of it. Um, you, know, you and John uh, and and everyone, are, you can see the hard work that's going into it, and and the and the owners and Darren and w- we feel like we're going places. And in twelve years' time, when you're still our manager, well, we'll do another podcast. <laughs> <later. Yeah. laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll you know we'll we'll all be celebrating. And if we look at Luton, I, I, yeah. know, I'm not saying we'll get there, but but they're an inspiration. What what they've yeah. achieved on, you, on minimal, comparatively minimal um, expenditure. I think it can be done. I think you're allowed to dream now. Yes. And I think coming through what we've come through, and I've only been here just less than twelve months. Um, you've experienced it more than I do. You, you know that that dream was a million miles away. Well, you couldn't dream. So now, even when we were in League One. I don't think we could have even thought about selling out Boundary Park, but I think the way that things have reset, the way that things have changed, if we're up there towards the end of this season, um, I think we, can, I think in Division Five we can sell out Boundary Park. I well, think I there's, the, I think there's that enthusiasm from the fans uh, to, for for success to see. It doesn't matter if we're in Division Five or Division Three, whatever. To win, to, yeah. to, to, to get that promotion, that yeah. one that we've, me and him are 45, 46, we've, we've, we've been alive for one promotion wow. in our, in, in our whole lives. So there, if we're up there towards the end of this season, the whole town is going to want well, to get Well, that's my dream. I, I said that in a, a recent fan forum and I want to see this place full, um, against a great opposition yeah. where we win and it's bouncing. I've seen the videos and the clips and the photos from when we beat Liverpool here in the FA Cup. Um, you know, I would have enjoyed that, wouldn't you? If you I would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been very special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I want to see it full. Um, and I want to see it full every week, like I saw in Notts County and Wrexham last yeah. year. And 
the part that their fans played was immense for their football club. And and our fans, you know, can play a huge part. They, they really reason, can. The one reason why Wrexham's ground was full every week and why Notts County's was not there, they couldn't fill their ground, they got big ground, it's because they were winning football matches. Yeah. And, and, and some of us will come week in, week out regardless, but the town will, will flock here. We're winning football matches, yeah. we're top of that league, then it, it will be full. That's yeah. just the way it goes. And yeah. So we, we just want to say, you know, to wrap it up, thank you very much for giving us, you know, your I've time today. It. You've been very um, generous with your time. We you're very generous with your time. We Anytime. wish you the absolute best of luck this season um, and we hope to, you know, celebrate with you come the end of it. Hey, listen, we'll be organising that promotion party anyway. <laughs> well, like, I mean, <laughs> next time we go to the barbecue bus, I'm going to have a drink. Don't worry about Absolutely. that. <laughs> <laughs> Fell out of uh, sorts last time. So. <laughs> Didn't feel part of it. Gaffer, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jensen, and all the best to all the fans. Despite one saying we never would, the effects of spending too much time with the Tory and the increasing costs of delivering twice weekly shows on an award winning fan media channel means the Boundary Park Alert System and Latix Football Phone In are now finally available for advertising. If you'd like your business to reach a potential audience of thousands of Oldham fans every week, across top platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube, please email info at oafcpodcast.co.uk for information on the very reasonable packages available. The Band Park Alert System was voted Northwest Football Awards Fan Media Channel of the Year 2022.